All right, we want to welcome you to Community's Yellow Box. How's everybody doing this morning? You're already glad you're here, aren't you? Let, before they leave, let's, let's make sure, let's express our thanks. I think something important to note is that for some of us, we, we still have kind of a little bit of an old mindset where we think that the center of Christianity, where the things that are happening are is in the United States. Well, um, uh, that's, not, that's actually not the case. And maybe some of us even, because a whole bunch of us have kind of a Catholic memory or come from a Catholic background, we think the center of Christianity is in Rome. Well, the truth is the center of Christianity right now, where it is growing the fastest, where it's making the largest impact, and the places where a lot of us, including us here at Community, are beginning to learn from, is in Africa. It's in Africa. And um, one of those leaders that is kind of leading the way and is teaching a lot of us here in the United States things that we should be doing in order to better follow Jesus and how to really express what it means to be a community of Christ followers is our speaker today. And uh, you are in for a real, real treat. Um, he leads a terrific church that he planted about, uh, about 10, 11 years ago called Mavuno, which has uh, uh, 10 locations, uh, one of them actually in Berlin, Germany. Um, in addition to that, he's also authored a curriculum that in English is called Rooted, which really helps people understand how you can closer follow Jesus and is now being used in more than 100 churches across the United States. And then he also leads a conference called Fearless. And the Fearless Conference is really to equip um, not really just church leaders, but everyday folks like yourself, self, how you can go back into the marketplace, back in your neighborhood, and really make a difference um, the way that God dreamed that you could. And so uh, you're in for a real treat. We're starting a brand new series called Word. Would you welcome a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Marethe from Mavuno. How are you doing today? I am so excited to be here. What a treat for me to be here. And uh, I just love this church. Um, Kevin and I, uh, he's, he's one of the pastors from our church. We're just saying how this feels like home. Uh, just worshiping with you and worshiping our Father together. I bring you greetings from uh, your brothers and sisters uh, all across the ocean uh, in Mavuno Church. Mavuno Church means Harvest Church. And so I just bring you greetings from your brothers and sisters. Do you receive those greetings? Awesome, awesome. Praise God. And you know, we have, in Africa, we, we, we believe it's not just what you say, but how you do it. Uh, that's important. So you have to actually wave so I, I know that you've received those greetings. All right, fantastic. I feel like you have. And then, do you send me back greetings to my people? Awesome. Oh, you know how to do it. Excellent. Okay. I will, I'll be sure to make, uh, when I go back, to tell them that I had an amazing time with brothers and sisters here in, uh, here in Naperville. And uh, it's a joy for us to be connected with community. We've just loved uh, connecting with Dave and the team in this church. Uh, they've been such a blessing to us already. And I want to introduce uh, one of our, our campus pastors is here with me. His name is Kevin. And it's just a joy for me to be traveling with him. Uh, and, and my wife, Carol, is around. Uh, but um, she was here for the first service. And she loves me very much, but not enough to listen twice to my <laughs> message. And so she brings her greeting as well. And I want to introduce you to my family as well. And so I have a picture of them. Uh, not that one. That one. Okay. And that's Carol uh, next to me. And then um, Wayne is on the right. Uh, on, on, on the, uh, she's the one in red. Uh, she's uh, 14 going on 21 for sure. And then the twins, Wairibu and Wanjao, are 11. And I'm really excited. In Africa, we say you don't know a person unless you know their family. So now you, 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 now you know me. Now you know where I'm coming from, and these are my people. So it's a joy to be here. Thank you. 
Now, I just need to start by saying that marrying Carol was the best decision I've ever made. I mean, well, okay, knowing Jesus was the best decision I ever made, but close to that one, as close as possible, was marrying Carol. And um, I almost didn't make that decision. And the reason is because I was 23 and I was facing the biggest decision I'd ever faced until that point. Um, it was either uh, leave the country uh, for a prestigious scholarship that I qualified for, uh, uh, doing a master's degree in pharmacy, or uh, marry my college sweetheart. And it wasn't an easy decision because on the one hand, I mean, I aligned my whole life towards this, this master's degree. I mean, the subjects I picked in high school were for this. Uh, the decisions I made to study hard when I could have been doing other things. Uh, the, 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 applications, the application process that I went through to qualify. All that was difficult. Uh, in addition to that, uh, my parents were willing to actually help me uh, financially with some of the costs of this. And I knew that this offer would not always be open as I grew older. And so there were some really uh, big reasons why this was an important decision, why I needed to make this decision. In addition to that, I, my ambition was to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. And this aligned with that decision very well. And so, it was a, so I was looking at that on one hand, but on the other hand, I'd met a girl that I really loved. And she wasn't just a beautiful girl, but we were intellectual peers. We could talk for the whole day. I mean, we were actually best friends. And I knew that I may not find, I mean, she, she told me if I went, she would wait for me. But I had this nightmare of coming back and finding her in the arms of another dude. <laughs> and, and that just tore me apart. I mean, I couldn't bear that thought. And so here I was, deciding, what do I do? Which one do I go for? Do I take the masters or the missus? <laughs> and I have to ask this question to the guys here. What decision would you have made? And if you're sitting next to your wife, the correct answer is? you, babe. You know, let me just help you out here with your marriage. Uh, this is what you tell her right now. You are the one I would have chosen for sure. So, so anyway, what did I know about that? I was only 23 and I was facing the biggest decision I'd ever made. And I had to make a tough call. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe you found yourself facing some really tough decisions in your life. Uh, some, some big decisions. For some of you, it's been uh, something like work. Uh, quitting a job that just was not fulfilling and then thinking, if I quit, what about my financial security? Or maybe perhaps uh, you really sensed you wanted to start a business, something that you'd always dreamt about, but you wondered if I step out, how will I provide for myself if I make this big decision? For some of you, it was adopting a child. For others of you, maybe it was entering into a whole new career or moving to a new city. For some of you, it was forgiving somebody who had hurt you deeply. And you wondered, how, how can I even begin this process with this husband or this, this, this father or this friend who betrayed me? For some of you, it was entering a relationship, choosing a life partner. And many times we find ourselves facing these really difficult, life-altering decisions. You know, it's interesting that as we grow older, decisions only get harder. Isn't that depressing? <laughs> like, like when you're young, I mean, there were decisions, but they were not really. I mean, they... You know, the most amazing, when you're younger, somebody made all the big decisions for you. Somebody decided where we lived, somebody decided what clothes, pretty much what clothes you wore, what school you went to. I mean, all the decisions, the big decisions, somebody else lost sleep over those uh, when you're younger. And that was really cool. And even the decisions you ended up making were hardly life-changing, were not life-altering. I mean, who you picked as your friend uh, in school or how you used your allowance. I mean, those things were good, but they probably haven't affected who you are right now. That's a reality. But as we grow older, 
these decisions, some of them really become frightening because they become life-altering decisions. And sometimes you're, you're making a decision and you know that if I make this decision, my life could either be, end up over there or over there. And those two decisions, I mean, those two directions are completely the opposite uh, from each other. And you know, the, the sad thing is many times you look around and you find people who've made a decision that was a seemingly small decision and that completely altered the tra trajectory of their life. I was talking to a friend recently who made a decision to migrate to another country and it looked like just an economic decision that they made as a family. And several years later, he says his marriage has suffered greatly. Immigration was the hardest thing they ever did. And he say, I mean, they had a great marriage. I knew them back then. But he says, we've grown estranged because of the difficulty of fitting into a new culture. Our children have just become really, I mean, they've, they've gone through a really hard transition. And he said, if I could rewind seven years back, I would make a completely different decision. And right now, it's very hard to go back on the decision we made. You know, when you think about things like that, many times we find ourselves paralyzed because these decisions that face us are so big and we're the ones responsible to make them. And you know, the interesting thing for me as I think about that, because I face, I face difficult decisions as a leader and I face many hard decisions. Fortunately for us, God's word is not silent on this issue. I love God's word because this is not just dry paper. There actually is wisdom here to help us make those decisions. And today I want us to look at the story of a young leader. Uh, his name was Joshua. And he was facing some amazingly difficult decisions. You see, the mo most of his life, Joshua had been under an a great leader. His name was Moses. Ma Moses made all the decisions. Moses knew exactly where to go. He knew uh, what direction to take. He knew what, what decision was the wisest decision. And all Joshua had to do was just do what Moses said. But now Moses was dead. And the responsibility was fully on Joshua. And Joshua inherited this <laughs> next to near impossible mission. To take a people, by the way, Moses had failed to do this. So Joshua was taking on the thing that his mentor had not even been able to do. To take an argumentative, divisive people and to take them into a land full of hostile enemies who are far more superior, armed, uh, equipped, and, and, and more powerful than they were and to win battles against those people. This was Joshua's task. And if there was anyone who was ever overwhelmed by the decisions that they faced, Joshua was it. And any decision he made could not only just end up with destroying him, it would destroy his family, but the very nation that he was responsible. And at that point, God said something to him. And the words that God said are so important. They're so critical. They're so useful for us, for any one of us who struggled with making difficult decisions. I want us to turn to Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 to 9. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 to 9. This, this passage... It was interesting, just this morning I was reading it again, just remember, just getting ready for this message, and God spoke to me through it one more time. It's, it's, God has used this passage many times to bless me, and it's a passage that I believe will be a blessing to many people here today as we listen to what God has for us. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 to 9, and this is what God said to him, Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. 
Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do allow me to pray a moment just before we dive into God's word. Father, we thank you for this morning. What a joy, what a privilege it is for me to bring your word to your children whom you love so much. And Father God, I pray that this, this, uh, this morning as we listen to your word, that Father, you would allow this word to be living and active. You'd allow it to come and change us. Help us to be transformed, to be who Jesus wants us to be. I pray that I'd be a good steward of this word that you've given to me on behalf of your people. And I pray that none of us would listen to this word and be left the same. Father, we resist any work of the enemy that would keep your people from hearing your word in the name of Jesus. And I pray that, Lord, every one of us would hear this word and be completely different in the way you want us to be. For we thank you and we bless you. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. You know, in his overwhelming situation, Joshua was pointed to one thing, one thing only, that would guarantee his success. Basically, what God was saying is, if you want to be successful in this huge task, if you want not to be overwhelmed by the things that will face you, here's the one thing you need to do, and do this well. And basically what it was is, read and obey my word. Read and obey my word. Sounds simple, isn't it? But it's not the thing that comes naturally to me. In the middle of difficult decisions, that's not the first response that I have. That's not the first response that most Kenyans have. Now, I know Americans are probably very different from us. But you know, in Kenya, when we're faced with a difficult decision, we find all kinds of places to find answers. Uh, we go with our gut. Many of us will just go with our gut. What feels right? This is what, my, this is what I sense is the right thing to do. Some of us will call a friend uh, because we, we find, you know, we want a comfort of somebody just saying, what, what's your advice? For the younger ones of us, uh, we have an old song we like to sing, What a Friend We Have in Google. Because <laughs> I tell you, I mean, you find everything on the internet, you know? And we'll go to the internet and Google it. I mean, what, what, what's, a, what's the best way to make this decision? What's the best way to, to date a girl? What's, I mean, we find all kinds of answers to the challenges that we have on the internet. I said we're probably different from Americans. I mean, you people are probably not anywhere like we are. I mean, many Christians in Kenya will turn to their pastor for advice. And they're basically hoping that somebody with a direct connection to God will just give them the answer. Tell me what to do. And then many people, I find, they just don't make the decision. I mean, they basically just wait until things pass, unaware that not making a decision is making a decision. Like I said, we're very different. I mean, I'm sure Americans, you've got this sorted out. You're Americans after all. Uh, this is not your problem. This is our problem. This is our problem in Kenya. We, we, we don't turn to God's word when we're faced with difficult situations. You know, like, like many Kenyans, you know, I'm not an American, so I can't speak for Americans, but like many Kenyans, what Joshua probably wanted at that point when he heard from, when, when he was facing his challenge is tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. You know, God, if you can give me my answers for now, tell me what to do, I will do it. And that's probably all that Joshua was hoping for. You see, the problem is that God's word is going to God's word. I mean, first of all, we're busy. Uh, I don't know about Americans, but Kenyans are busy people. I mean, we've got lots of things to do that fill our schedule. And I mean, our inbox is overflowing. And there are people to call and things to do. And that's the last thing I'm thinking of. Where will I even find the time to sit down and just read God's word? But then secondly, God's word is not always easy to access. When you read the Bible, it's, sometimes you get into places where you think, this is, just, this is just old words in a book. It doesn't even make sense when I try to read it. 
And then number three, sometimes we just find it's easier to just listen to a pastor read it. Somebody who's professional, who's qualified, went to seminary, they can really tell me what to do. And so this is, this is how we find it's just not the first place that we go to for answers for ourselves. But here's the thing that God knew when he talked to Joshua. God knew that what Joshua needed was not the right information from God, but the right relationship with God. There's a huge difference. You know, many times we're tempted, we just want the information, tell me what to do. But God knew what you really need is not right information from me, but right relationship with me. I'm going to demonstrate what I mean from, from, about that with a story from, my, from our own lives, from Carol and I's life. Before I got married to Carol, I had this absolute conviction, unshakable conviction, that the woman who married me would be the luckiest woman alive. <laughs> I mean, for real. <laughs> you know, I have to say this. I mean, she, you know, I was, I, I, I was an A student uh, in college. I played for my college rugby team. I was, I was well built. Uh, I was reasonably well looking. I was a Christian. I mean, after all, I was even a Christian. And so I, I kind of figured, you know, I mean, this is quite a package. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I was really happy for the woman who would marry me. You know, it's like, let, let, me just, let me just ask honestly here. Any guy ever thought that? Let me just see, show of hands. All right, look around at all the honest men in the room. Because all the ones whose hands are up are not really telling the truth. I mean, we, we all had this. But you know, the interesting thing for me, it took marriage to show me just how little I knew about women and about myself. And it, it didn't take a very long time before we were not happy in our marriage, things were not working the way they should, Carol was just not a happy woman, and I couldn't, whatever I tried, it just made things worse, and the marriage was just in a difficult place. At one point, I even wondered, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, is this going to survive? Are we going to succeed? And it was so difficult. But you know, the interesting thing is, as we clung to each other in those times, we had the opportunity, we had good mentors around us, which was very fortunate for us, and people who just helped us see the long picture and told us, you know, you can make it. Everybody, everybody goes through this. And as we walked through with others, and as we communicated with each other, something began to change. Something began to alter in our lives. And it's very interesting. I began to understand who Carol was. I began to understand what her desires are. I began to understand not what I wanted her to be, but who she really was. And it's very interesting today. If you ask me what Carol, Carol wants... I'll tell you this, I would never make a life-altering decision without consulting her. But many times, even when I come to consult her, I have an instinct. Even if it's not what I want, I can't have an idea what she's going to say. And it's very different. I could have gone to the internet 21 years ago and just Googled it. <laughs> what, what, what do women want? I could have found out the information. How do you talk to your wife? How do you make your wife happy? I could have found the information. That's information. But instead, today what I have is relationship. I know her heart. I know what makes her happy. And I, I want to make her happy. So many times when I'm making decisions, I, they're altered because I know what Carol wants. That is relationship. And that's what God wants for his people. You know, information is what we want because it's an easy thing to get. But God knows what you really need from me is to know my heart. You need to know how I think. You need to know what my desires are. And as you begin to know what my desires are, they begin to affect your own desires. And it becomes very easy for you to understand what I want because now you have the mind of Christ. That's what the Bible calls it. You have the mind of Christ. You can think like God himself. That is relationship. You know, the best way for us to develop relationship 
The best way for us to get to know God so well that we know what His desires are is by reading the Word. This is His Word. It's His love letter to us. And as we read it over time, you know, it's, it's, it's like many times we come to it for answers. We want the answer. Tell me what to do. And God is saying, no, no, I want to draw you into relationship. I want to draw you into friendship. And as you enter that friendship, you begin to know His heart. You begin to know what His desires are. You begin to know how He would think about the situation that is facing you in your family or in your workplace. You know, that's why the book of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, that the word of God is alive and active. You know, it's interesting. Every year we read, we read through the Bible as a congregation. And I read it. I've read it many times through. But every time I read it, I will find that the same passage I read last year, I'm in a different place now. And God somehow brings that passage alive. And somehow these words that I thought were just words on a paper, they come alive and they speak to me in my situation. And the word of God becomes alive. And it becomes active. And these words that were just, many times they just look like words on a paper. God breathes his spirit into them. And they change. They become life changing for us. And here's what happened to me. And let me tell you about my Mr. versus Mrs. decision. Because this happened to me. I, I went back to God's word. And I said, God, show me what to do. This is a big decision. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. And I began to read the word. And it took me some time, just over the next few months, just reading God's word, saying, God, I'm going to wait to hear what you're saying. I want to understand your heart for this issue. And I began to sense that what God was saying to me in his word had to do with fear. That really the thing, that, the determining factor for me in choosing what I was choosing was fear. That the reason I wanted to do that master's degree was because my biggest fear in life was to be poor. And I thought this was the route to, uh, to, to security. This was my hope. This was my future. This is how I guaranteed that my children would have a future. And I remember when God began to show me that, that I be, one, one morning I prayed, I said, God, I, this is my hope. This is it. I want to live for this. And that morning I read a passage that I'd read many times before. I was reading through the book of Jeremiah at that point. And I read the passage, the verse Jeremiah 29, 11. Now I'd read that many times. But that morning it's like God just breathed into that word. And this is what it says. It says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. The very thing, I, this is what I had God saying, the very thing you're longing for, the very thing you think that you've, you've planned for all your life, that's my plan for you. I have a plan for you that's bigger than that. And I remember just, it's almost, I almost dropped the Bible that day. It's like, oh, it's like it spoke to me. It's like God spoke to me. And I remember at that point just saying, God, I will do what you ask me to do. This is so, it became so easy for me to put that aside. And I made a decision. And the decision was to marry Carol. And you know, 21 years later, I'm so happy I did it. <laughs> thank you. And you know, thank you for, thank you, because that's the best decision. I was 23, I was not smart enough to just, to know how smart that decision was. Today, it's like genius. It's the best decision I could ever have made. And in the career God has called me to, the calling God has given me, there is no one else on earth who could help me the way Carol has. Uh, we're more than, we're more than, we're more than married. We're, 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 we're ministry partners. Uh, we're life partners. We share this calling. And there's so much that we just know about each other because of that. And I look back and I say, God, I'm so grateful your word was there to guide this foolish 23-year-old who did not even know what was good for him and lead him into the way of life. God's word is alive and active 
and he wants to draw us into a relationship with him. And here's the thing that happens to Joshua. Great choices. Joshua, in just the next two decades, is able to lead a, a, a nation made up of slaves. I mean, people who had nothing, no systems, nothing. And to lead that group of people to take over the land of nations that were organized, that had walled cities, and had, uh, had, had metal weapons, and had everything against them, but were able to enter that land and to conquer it. Why? Because he had God's word to guide him. Yes, he did make mistakes. There are times he made decisions that were the wrong decisions. But even when he did that, he was able to go back to God. And God was able to tell him, okay, this is, this was, this is where you made the mistake. This is how to self-correct. And Joshua, at the end of his life, he knew the secret to success. He had, he had been one of the most successful uh, military generals of his time. And he sat with his people at his retirement party. They had a big party to re for his retirement. And he said, I'm going to teach you the secret of success. I'm going to teach you what is going to make you succeed in all your plans and all your decisions going forward. And he said to them, Joshua chapter 23, verse 6, very interesting words. He said, be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning to the right or to the left. It's basically telling them, telling them the same thing God told him all those years back. If you want to be successful, if you want to live a life without regret, then study God's word continually. Understand what God is saying to you, what Jesus is saying to you in that moment, and then obey what God is saying. And so here's the most important question I want to conclude with. And you know, you need to be impressed right now because for an African preacher to say the word conclude at this point in the message is a miracle. <laughs> like usually I'm just warming up. So, so, so in conclusion, all right, I, I need to ask this question because we can't conclude without this question. And the question is, so what? So what that you know this? So what that you know that the, the secret to life and to making great decisions is to read, study God's word and obey it? What do you do with this? Well, I want to say a couple of things. There's some of you, this has become your lifestyle. Maybe even at this church. You've learned how to read God's word every day. And you meditate on it. And usually you listen to Jesus every day and you ask him, what, what are you saying to me today? And then you obey. And here's my encouragement for you if this is who you are. I want to say, well done. And my prayer for you is that you will never grow jaded with this practice. You know, it's very interesting. It's just like marriage. Many times you'll be married for, to somebody for long enough and you start taking each other for granted. You're no longer, you're no longer as excited about the, the, the process of being together. You, you no longer see how amazing, what a miracle it is that you're together. And this is what happens sometimes with us with God. And so my prayer for you is that Jesus would re-energize your reading of his word. And that this week, this month, the rest of this year, as you read God's word, that God will give you such an excitement about it, that you go to God's word with, with a beating heart and you'll be asking God every day, God, what do I do about my workplace? What do I do about my children? How about this marriage you've given me? And God will give you real words that will energize the situations you're in. This is my prayer for you. But for many of us, I sense where we are is that this is not our habit at all. We've never ever entered that habit. Or maybe we did in the past, but it's not something we're consistent about. And here's my prayer for you. You know, I was, it was interesting. I was looking for some tools that I could leave you with. And I found there's some great tools here at Community. And so the first tool that I want to share with you is the U version. This is a, there's an app for it, by the way. It's amazing. There's an app for this as well. And it's a U version Bible. You can download this. It's by lifechurch.tv. It's amazing because this is a tool that is being used by the church across the world. This was actually developed by a church here in the U.S. 
and many Christians are using this across the world, your brothers and sisters. And you can actually download this and it has many Bible reading plans. And also you have a Bible in your, in your phone. So you never have the excuse of, I can't carry this around me, I'm going to look weird. Uh, you have your phone, you don't look weird when you look at, at your phone because you look like everybody else, isn't it? <laughs> Except you have a different agenda from everybody else. So you can actually use that and it's going to be a great tool for you. But number two, when you came in, you got a little, um, do you have that? Your little bookmark? Can you show me that you have it? Let me just see if you have it. Awesome. Fantastic. That little bookmark is a fantastic tool. And we're going to steal this idea and take it back to Kenya and use it in our church as well. And what it is, it, it just gives you uh, a daily reading. We do a daily reading plan as well uh, as a church. And it's a great thing to just study scripture together. And then at the back of it, it shows you how to simply just read God's word and respond to it. It's a great little tool that helps you just demystify this thing about reading God's word. How do you read the word every day with a freshness and ask Jesus, give me something that will direct me. Show me something that will help me uh, do better today or live the way you want me today. And this is a tool that's going to help you. And so I just want to encourage you to take this home with you and make a commitment that the rest of this year you're going to follow along with this plan and listen to God as he speaks to you. So just imagine with me. Imagine that the people of Community Church, Community Christian Church, would become famous in Napoville and around this area as people who always seem to have solutions. Imagine you could become part of a community where people even ask you, are you from Community Christian? And you say, how, how did you know? And they say, there's just such a quiet confidence about you. You don't seem frazzled like everybody else in the office. Imagine if you could be part of a group of people where people came up to you and said, listen, I don't even believe in this Jesus that you talk about, but there's something attractive about the way you live your life that makes me want to explore who this Jesus is. Imagine if this could be true. I believe that this is a normal Christian life. That this is what Jesus wants for every one of us. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray for us. And I want to pray for two groups of people. First group of people is, I just sense that some of you, as I prayed about this message, who are facing some life-altering decisions. Threatening decisions. Big decisions. Decisions in your career, or your, your life, your family, whatever it is. And right now, God, just, I just sense that God will want me to pray for you as you step into those big decisions. So I'm going to ask you to do a bold thing today. If this is you, I'm going to ask you to just stand up wherever you are because I'd love to pray for you as I conclude. I don't know if you do this here at Community Christian, but I thank you for every one of you who are already standing. Let's appreciate them as they stand. To God be the glory for you. Those of you just facing really difficult decisions right now, do I go left, do I go right? And I'm going to ask you to just stretch out your hands in front of you. And this is a gesture of surrender. You're saying, God, guide me. I need your help. Father, I thank you for your sons and daughters whose hands are stretched out in front of them. Lord, look at them. They love you. They want answers. Lord, I sense that in this time when they need answers, you are going to draw them into deeper relationship. And so I pray that, Lord, they would not take the shortcuts. I pray that, Lord, you would give them a determination to just dig deep into your word, to spend time with you, I pray in this time, when they might not even feel like they have the time, that you would draw them deeper into you. They would be able to just be dependent on you, listen to you. And Father, I pray that you would indeed speak to them as they ask for that direction. Speak to them, Lord. I pray for your encouragement. Some of them are facing such hard decisions that right now, Lord, there's so much anxiety in their life. And I speak, Lord, rebuking the spirit of fear in their life in Jesus' name. And praying that, Lord, you'd give them a confidence to follow you to know that where you are is the best place to be. 
And so I bless you, Lord, and I thank you for everyone. I'm going to invite the rest of you to stand up to your feet right now. Let's just join them. Stand with your little bookmark, if you could just stand with that. Because I want to pray for you. And I know that many of you are going to take this. Many of you are going to read through the rest of this year. And here's what I want to do. I want to pray for your church as you do that and for you as a people. So if you just hold it up right now before the Lord. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. Lord, as they take this tool, which is really just a guide to help them get into your word, I pray, Lord, that you will begin to do something amazing in Community Christian Church. I pray, Lord, for those who found themselves in time past to have a dry life with you. Their prayer life has dried out. Their quiet time with you has not been energizing. And I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would come and that you would fill that time. That, Lord, you would allow them to have a freshness in their faith. I pray for those who are finding their way back to God. That, Lord, as they begin this journey, they would find you waiting for them in that space. And they would find you in your word. I pray that, Lord, you'd begin to do something so amazing in this church. That even we in Kenya would hear of it. Something so powerful. Lord, bring a revival here in Community Christian. Because your people are reading your word and depending on you. And so, Lord, I speak your blessing. And I speak your anointing. And I speak your grace over your people, Lord. We love you, Jesus. And we pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. And God's people say, Amen. 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 To God be the glory. Please have your seats. Amen. Yeah.